Welcome everyone to an imperfect pour. We have another on-site review. Back out here in Las Vegas, we are at Whiskey Down at the MGM Grand. That's right, this little podcast at the Grand. Anyways, at the day's tasting, we've got Derek, we've got Jeff, we've got Travis, we have Aaron, we have Michael, we have Randy. What we're going to be doing here is we're going to be doing uh, two of their flights. One of them is their MGM Select Barrels, which most of us will be able to mentally compare to some of the other uh, versions of these that we've had before. And then something very special they do only here, they actually have the three whiskeys that make up Johnny Walker Blue. So we are going to uh, take our chances here, roll the dice as it were. Really? Uh. And we are going to uh, work our way through review on these, uh, these flights. Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk with uh, one of their more whiskey forward um, uh, bartenders who is name is Steven. He's gonna be in and out because this bar does not close. It's 24 seven and he's got to work it. So hopefully we'll get a chance to, to talk with him when he gets the chance. That said, uh, the first thing we're gonna be tasting today is, is the uh, 1792 bourbon. This is the MGM Select version. Um, so I think most everything on their Select, which is the give me privacy flight if you come in and try, is uh, a bourbon. Everything at least I see on there is. Um, so this one, unfortunately, we normally like to give a little more, but uh, man, when you're doing it live, you're doing it live. And so we're just getting a chance to just get barely a amount of a sip, just to make sure we get it all the way around the table. We might see if there's something left, some left afterwards to get a second chance, but it's gonna be pretty simple on uh, who I'm gonna have to look to to start getting some responses here. Um, so we'll, we'll start with that. Derek, how are you doing this morning? Oh, I am definitely here. <laughs> um, what do you think about the uh, the 1792 bourbon? I don't normally like to get a couple sips in, but uh, considering we're we're sharing the flights, it's a little rough here. Well, you know, luckily, like on this one, it wasn't very like the very, even the very first sip. It was not hard. It was a very easy drink, um, and at least to me, very vanilla forward um, for the over notes that I got. There, a lot of vanilla, um, obviously oak, but you know it's a bourbon. So. Um. But yeah. Um, anyone want to add into that? Uh, yeah, Travis. But my, I w same thing is uh, I noticed right away. Very, very. I mean, obviously we're all sharing a, a, a taster, uh, so you you get your one sip, but uh, immediately vanilla. It, and it was a very, very nice. It was balanced. It wasn't. It wasn't sweet, like overly like sweet vanilla. It was just you got that nice. You're tasting the barrel. You get it. You, Whatever they did, whatever barrel they selected is absolutely fantastic for this whiskey. I also wanted to echo because I felt like my, at least my first note was the cherry, and I was reminded of almost a cherry vanilla soda in like the best kind of way, even though obviously very much a bourbon, solid burn on that. Um, it, it was really, really nice. All right. Um, I mean, it's kind of rough to say because, I mean, it's just a starter, and we know it's a bourbon. But the uh, the differences on to um, yeah I can't really I hate saying it but I can't really taste much different from the normal barrel to this barrel. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling it's probably might just be the same barrels just might have a different name at least for this bourbon. I know that some of them are specifically different um, differently designed barrels for them. So we'll see how that one goes. Monkey, you want to add in on that? Yeah. Um. I actually I got a lot of caramel with it because it, it's got that nice hot bourbon. 
you know, burn on it. And uh, I actually felt a little more of a caramel kind of than vanilla. Personally. All right. Randy, you want to say something else? So I actually got a nice slow burn, but it was kind of this acidy, oily burn that I liked about it. And it really had this nice full bouquet of cherries. It almost got to the point where it was like apples and cherries at once. It was really delicious. Okay. Um, I think that's uh, you know, some pretty common notes for, for the for the 7092 bourbon. It's a nice bourbon. I mean, it, it definitely has a little, a little heat on the end that I'm not super a fan of, but it doesn't taste bad at all. It's a nice way to actually start a flight, in my opinion. Um, so we're, we're going to go a little different from what we normally do. We're just going to go straight through, mainly because we don't know if we're going to get shut down recording here in an open bar in Vegas. But uh, the next one in our flight is Eagle Rare. Uh, Eagle Rare is a, uh, a pretty commonized bourbon in America. Pretty easy to get your hands on. And um, it's being passed around the table as we speak. This one, I have a feeling this uh, episode is going to be a little little short, especially when we get through the flights. Just rapid fire. Um, while it's still going around, I, I was hoping that we might be able to get it to everybody before I start making some comments because it's... Um, I've had Eagle Rare on many an occasion. This definitely has a flavor note difference. Uh, I actually think this one's more mellow than traditional Eagle Rare. And uh, I like the smooth... I, I hate using simple words like that, but the uh, the caramel clever, uh, caramel flavor on it uh, definitely stands out more, in my opinion, than traditional. And it might just be location, but as far as I'm concerned, it's it's got some different uh, notes. You want to say something, Jeff? I also want to echo that the uh, very much, especially having being able to compare it to the first one, we're having two very, very different drinks uh, in these two, even though they're, they are both bourbon? Um, yeah, okay. yeah. bourbon. Yeah, it felt like I'm having two completely different things, even though there's definitely distinct bourbon notes in there. Uh, much smoother, much easier drinking type thing. I, I personally prefer the MGM Select more, uh, but yeah, very good thing to just, uh, kick back. You can have a bunch of those. I will say that one. That one's pretty dangerous. Yeah. Randy? This is the Snuggie of bourbon. It's, it's warm, soft, and comfortable. And you, you hate to admit that you want to like it, but you like it? Exactly. Um, yeah, Aaron, what do you want to say on this? Yeah, this one's definitely smoother to me. Uh, I really liked the oily, like, it almost reminded me of, like, a, and this might sound a little weird, but, like, a, kind of like a, a bourbon that's been, like, if it were, like, cooking analogy, like, cooked in olive oil. Like, I got that nice, smooth, oily um, uh, drinkability to it. Super nice, uh, way more mellow, and much more drinkable. I definitely like this one better than the, the first. Okay. I, um, I agree with that, the mouthfeel. It kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, the oily feel that you get from, like, Macallan, honestly. Yeah. Like a Macallan uh, 2 or a 3, but... Makes me wonder, like, Macallan uses fine oak barrels for a lot of their good stuff. Maybe it's a, a case of using finer oak. Michael, you wanted to say something on that? Yeah, I think uh, one thing that's kind of not really getting talked about on this one that I really loved was the nose on it. It's just really wonderful just putting your nose into the glass. Um, but I definitely feel that not only was it drastically smoother than the last one we did, but maybe it's just that the last one had a hot burn on it, but way smoother than traditional Eagle Rare. I, I really enjoyed that. I, I need to point, counterpoint that, though I, I will admit... My sense of smell is awful. Uh, I was making some jokes earlier about it, but I actually had no nose 
from it whatsoever. Although you actually very often do comment on the smell of the drink, so I think people might want to trust Mike here a little bit more than me. I'm Derek, just a little olfactory in general. It, did I cut you off there? Do you have something else you want to say about the Eagle Rare? Oh, yeah, I was just going to say that um, I, I kind of agree with you there. That, that was, to me at least, harsher than the first one um, in that Eagle Rare fashion, but definitely not... I'm not usually a big fan of Eagle Rare, but that brought out a lot more complexity than I usually expect um, out of an Eagle Rare, honestly. I think that I enjoyed the first one a little bit better, so if you want something a little mellower, I'd go for the... Uh, what was it? The 1792. 1792. But, yeah. yeah. Um, it's... It, I, I, I think the, uh, the Eagle Rare stands better as the MGM Select. I don't think the 1792 definitely had a, any major differences to it. Um, do you guys want to add anything else about the Eagle Rare? Okay. Uh, just that, uh, I mean, Derek's a big bourbon guy. I've only recently gotten into it. Found the second one to be way more mellow, so there's uh, a bit of compare and contrast depending on what you like about bourbon, I would say. Yeah. Um, the, the, the first two definitely have a drastic different, uh, are different sides of, of the same bourbon coin. Uh, so, with that said, um, I think we're ready to talk about the uh, the third drink on this flight. Third drink is the Garrison's Brother, and this is also another one of those MGM selects. And, um, wow. Yeah. Um, so, Garrison away, Brothers, was that? Garrison Brothers. Um, the, uh, the Garrison Brothers, uh, first, first blind notes from me are, are saying that, um, there's a lot of wood in this one. Almost, I mean, I know it's oak, uh -huh. but man, it's almost balsa. That was my thought, too. I, my first thought was, is taste the way that balsa smells. It smells that way, too. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't even bother. Yeah. yeah uh, it, just, it smells like sawdust all over the air. It uh, feels like you were woodworking or, or just sanding wood. It just has that, that fresh wood smell. It's great. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to chime in there. I actually do a little bit of amateur woodwork, and, and that's that's really, really close for me. I would actually say that I get a little bit of that when you're sanding too long and it starts to burn a little bit. You get that smoke off of your power sander or something, and I'm really on board. That was my first impression was definitely sanding. Yeah, like you've been drilling wood for too long and it's just starting to smoke. Yeah. <laughs> it just, yeah. Um, Speaking of smokiness, yeah, man, it, that was that had a nice burn to it. I, I could see where that would get in the way of some people's enjoyment. I love the burn on that because it wasn't peaty in its burn. That was the solid alcohol burn, all the way down. Yeah, the uh, it was a, it was a nice surprise. Um, I, I like the right amount of burn on a bourbon because um, to me it means that I, there's things to look for and it make, gives me the you know starts making me think: Do I want to put a little ice cube in this? A little bit of water? Um, but even without, oh, it just it it, it works out nicely. Um, bit of shame that we don't have. You know, full flights for everybody so we can water and ice them yeah, as we drop decide. Yeah, because that would probably change that quite a bit. It's like, a bit pretty hot. Yeah, I, it was it was it was too hot for me, and I, I mean, everybody's echoed it already. It was very wood forward. Um, that's all I really could get. It, it kind of ruined the experience for me. Not that it was bad. It just it wouldn't be something if that's my one take on it right now. I don't think I'd go order that for myself. Just because of that at that point. It's, it seems like there's more to explore here that we can't really yeah, yeah, delve it, into We're, we're just scratching the surface on yeah. some of these. I don't know. I don't know if I would agree with that. Like, I think that this uh, was, to me, this was my favorite one of the ones we've had so far. I don't think it was too much burn. I thought it was a great amount of burn, and I 
Like, I think I would just go straight. I don't think I would add ice. I'd be cu curious to taste it with ice, but I don't think it feel, I don't feel like it needs it. Well, and that's that's the great point about whiskey. You want to add to that, Michael? Yeah, just you know, for my personal taste, I didn't really enjoy that at all. Actually, <laughs> I, I actually disliked the mouthfeel of it the most. It really stuck to my tongue in a not quite an oily way, but it was not a, an easy flavor for me to get rid of, even with some water. But you know, to each their own. We we all like our whiskeys a little different, and it definitely had some interesting things going on, but not really enjoying it. All right. Jeff. Yeah, I just want to comment that this one seems kind of fun. It's There's a, a very polarizing aspect to it, because actually I'm in the camp that, that liked it, and for me so far this has been one of my favorite ones, and for the people that don't <laughs> like it, one of their least favorite. Yeah. I think there's a there's a lot to this drink, I'll, I'll put it that way, and it's not ashamed about anything it has. It's going full tilt with each of the things in it. Mm -hmm. Well, so I actually want to go around, and um, I know it's just three, but ask each of you which one you enjoyed the most and which one you didn't enjoy the most. So let, let's just start here, uh, Derek. What did you think? Um, I enjoyed the uh, the first one the most. I think it had it was just it was just pleasant. It was just kind of a delight. Just the vanilla forwardness of it was just kind of fun. Um, I could just see myself ordering that again and again and not needing anything with it really. As far as least favorite, it was the uh, the Eagle Rare. Honestly, the third one had. Um, just a lot more going for it and like I said I kind of want to explore it a little bit more because there's a lot of I think a lot of complexities to it that I'm not getting with the first taste but honestly none of them were bad they were, oh, yeah they were good uh Jeff I, while you're blowing your nose there let's uh let's figure it out which, which did you enjoy the most which one was was your least favorite um I actually have a question for everybody how many people took two sips on number three because I took a little bit of an extra one okay okay yeah, it, it opened up a lot more, at least for me, on the second sips. That's just the reason I ask. It's just out of curiosity. Um, especially on, upon second sip, that's, I think, with the reason I'm liking that number three so much was I felt like I could get a lot more of those, those flavors in it. Um, I, I, it's a pretty narrow margin between number three and number one because I did like them so much. Um, least favorite just has to be the Eagle Rare. I just didn't, I, I just didn't feel like it has as much going on. All right. Travis. So, uh... The 1792 was my favorite, the first one we drank. Um, and, like, I'm just going to, I mean, I think we're all echoing the same thing from it. It, it was it was just such an easy drink. It was, that the vanilla was so, it was like the perfect amount of it. It wasn't overpowering anything like that. Um, my least favorite is, uh, surprising as this might sound, because I don't think I even spoke on the Eagle Rare, uh, that might be my least favorite, even though the last one I had some things to say. I just, at least that one gave me something to talk about, and it was interesting, and I could see wanting to maybe, like I mentioned before, drop an ice cube and see if that did change it. The Eagle Rare was just kind of blah for me, and not, I, I didn't smell much, I didn't taste much. It's not, not that it's bad, it just, it was, I couldn't pick that out of a, a lineup if I tried a bunch. I gotcha. Um, Aaron. Uh, for me, uh, I think we did them in the right order. I think we, for me, they, each one got better. So uh, I have the 1972 actually ranked the, the lowest. Well, it was still enjoyable, but um, I, I think that I liked the Eagle Rare a bit more. I liked the oily texture, and I liked uh, the, car the caramel notes in there a lot. Um, so I, I thought it was super smooth and great. And then we finished with the best one, which is the Garrison brothers uh, i mean that one was just like 
the oaky, oaky um, cherry was great. All right. By the way, 1792. It's a little bit older than that. Oh, yeah, that 2917. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Michael, what do you think? Um, I actually enjoyed the uh, the... Ringling Brothers, Garrison, Garrison Brothers. Garrison Brothers. Um, I enjoyed Look, that I'm one. I'm the, the one running a three ring circus right now, not the. <laughs> Chris, you got Your like two rings sucks. at most. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to get the second ring. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> no problem. I enjoyed that uh, that one the, the least actually. I just it wasn't really to my taste. It had a lot of things going on. I'd like to talk about it, but I couldn't order a second glass just because it's going to stick to my tongue a little too much and kind of burn out my palate a little bit. Um, I enjoyed the Eagle Rare quite a bit. It was very, very smooth, but I would probably get a little bored of it. I'd say for a single drink or maybe even two, that would have been my, my choice. But, yeah, that's kind of where I'm sitting with it. All right. Hey, Randy. So I think I'm going to be the weird one here because I actually really enjoyed the Eagle Rare. And not because it's simple, but because I held it in my mouth for a good 30 seconds to get some of that complexity in there. And the more I drink it, the more different flavors I got out of it. And for me, it's got a very nice, strong, heaty burn that I like. Um, the, the 1792 was too smooth for me. Like, I would probably personally enjoy that like if I didn't want to know I was drinking alcohol. But when I'm drinking bourbon, I like a nice, strong burn. And I like that front, like, put a hair on your chest feeling that bourbon has. And I think the Eagle Rare did that for me. Now, personally, I think the Garrison Brothers was just too much wood for me. Okay. Some people had too much smoke. Some people had too much peat. It was too much wood for me. So, I I was looking at it from a different perspective. Um, I've, I've had Eagle Rare a lot on its own. And I actually think the MGM Select Eagle Rare is nicer than traditional Eagle Rare. And that made it interesting to me. Um... I had I can I've had 1792 before, but not in any form of regularity. Um, I thought they were they they hold their level of intrigue. I I have to agree that I think that the Garrison's Garrison Brothers had too much wood for my palate. Um, and you know that that's the whole point of this is that we all get the chance. I will say this. Uh, uh, I guess other people want to say something else, but uh, I think coming in and, and grabbing this flight, if you like your your bourbons and you're curious what uh, Private selection works. Gets you a really cool chance to, to taste uh, slight variations on flavors you're probably pretty used to. You guys want to add, add in on this one? Uh, Jeff? Yeah. I, I did want to mention that even though I had some negative notes for a few of these, I didn't hate any of these. Having had a lot of whiskeys before, these were all phenomenal. And we're really comparing some really strong drinks to each other just based on the strengths of themselves. I almost wish that I just happened to have the Eagle Rare first because it was coming off the back of such an incredibly good drink that I think I I, I felt a little bored by it by comparison. But yeah, that, that what Chris brought up about how it just is so much different than what you're going to get out of an Eagle Rare. I think we've all had Eagle Rare just by itself straight out of the bottle and that was I wouldn't have guessed that that was Eagle Rare. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Michael, what do you want to add to that? Uh, just so everyone in the audience is aware, yes, we are making all of those jokes every time someone says wood forward. We're all 13. Well, if we were 13, then we wouldn't be allowed to drink. Man, your flawed logic. We're, we're, we're just a bunch of adults who 
just like making dirty jokes anyways, but by now you've all figured that out if you listen to these shows. Um, I know it's uh, normally, we, by now we've only had our second drink, but it uh, seems like we're about ready to actually move into our second flight. Uh, our second flight is the three scotches that, if blended together, make Johnny Walker blue. And uh, I, I'm personally not a big fan of Johnny Walker Blue, and I'm hoping I'm going to find which of these is the, the key that makes it unenjoyable to me. However, there are very few places in the world where they actually will let you taste the broken down components. So, nice nice throw in here. Yeah, Randy? Wait, this is a deconstructed Walker? Shut up. <sighs> I want to see some, some just malt just sitting on a tray over there for me to chew on. Yeah, um, if, if that's your goal, then um, that, that's an that's a totally different kind of show. It's some fresh peat. Yeah, just a, just a lump of moss for me, please. Yeah. Nom, nom, nom. Oh. Appetizers. Okay. If this were a hipster bar... I'm really excited to try this because I've like read about people doing things like this with other things, like... um. Chivas actually released for a while, and you could buy the bottles of what made up their their blended uh, scotch. And I heard that people who uh, reviewed it said that some of them were just absolutely incredible by itself. Well, I think uh, I think with that, let, let's let's hold off on getting yeah holding off the surprise. I think I'm gonna take my first sip and we'll pass it around. Um, first one is Dalwini 15 year. So uh, before I actually take a sip of this, I'm going to uh, rinse out, because I think uh, I want to, if I'm going from bourbon to scotch, it's going to be a little bit of an eye opener. I'm, I'm sure Travis would have preferred us going the other way. Yeah, I'm super pumped for this right now. It's yeah. going yeah. to be like a coffee enema, isn't it? Uh, I, yeah, I know. Jesus. Wow. Um, <laughs> Not what I needed to be thinking about first thing in the morning. Didn't need to know about Randy's kinks. Yeah. By by the way, I know that yeah you know, we don't know what to talk about these things, but uh, so whiskey down here at the MGM, again is a 24/7 bar. They never close. So the only time that they can really work us in is with the bar still open. So we started today at nine in the morning. That's that's how that's how you know determined we are to bring you a quality show. We're willing to start drinking before we should. <laughs> day drink, day drink. So I'm gonna start with the Dell. We need, and we'll we'll work our way around from there. Nothing puts a smile on your face like scotch in the morning. Um, so I've got to taste it, and normally when I when I do these blind tastes, I like to make sure the glass gets most of the way around before I start making my reviews. Forgive me, because the only, the only bit of a, a, a miss note that I'm going to do that is that left a lot of saliva in my mouth, um, and that's just something to, to look for because I'm having to swallow a lot of saliva after drinking that. Things so I need, need to hear from my brother. Well, at least I didn't make eye contact when I was going. now. I am really looking forward to hearing this later. Oh. Um, so we'll go a little bit further around before we start making the notes here. Um, hopefully at some point in time we might be, get, be able to get uh, Stephen the bartender here. By the way, if you get in and you happen to see there's a guy by the name of Stephen behind the bar, saddle up to him. Man knows his whiskey, and 
again, even though this is a 24-7 bar with, you know, gaming tables in the middle of it, this is not, you know, your traditional saddle up, grab a cigarette, ask for, you know, your your vodka and tonic. This is not your your quick bar. This they ha- they put a lot more attention to higher end quality craft whiskeys than you would believe from a casino bar. As I mean, well, we're sitting here. I mean, I'm looking at craps tables and slot machines, and I mean, this is this is in the middle of the action here. By the way. How, how we got set up to be in the middle of the action in this is still boggling my mind. With that said, uh, I think the, the glass has gone most of the way around. Uh, anyone want to make some notes on the, on the Dolwini 15? Yeah. Um, I can see why they blend that with other things. It's it's not... <laughs> it doesn't really have a lot of legs to walk on, honestly. It kind of... The best description I could give of it is it's kind of astringent. It's a little... Kind of a... Put a weird look on my on my face, I think, as I drank it, and I think that's what's causing the the excess of saliva afterward. Because I definitely felt that I felt like my body was trying to prepare Rinse my mouth out. for something that's gonna dry it out. It it was a little a little strange. Oh. Yeah, I I want to say that that it reminded me of when you you have the the soda fountain and it's gone out and you're just having the syrup because it was it, at least to me it was quite sweet. Um, the notes I was getting, it was, I, I mean, essentially vanilla honey type thing, uh, that sort of sweetness up front, and then not a lot else. Um, you can even see it visibly. It's just way lighter. It's the lightest thing we've had so far tonight. Um, kind of plays into the one-note thing, which where it would probably blend very well, but by itself, I don't know that I would have a bunch of those. Well, let, now let's get to the point of torture. We know you don't like the scotches as much. How was it, Travis? Uh, when I... Smelled it to start. I, I, I'm Aaron was looking right at me. Not not a fan of how it smelled. Uh, thought it was going to be a lot worse than it actually was. It actually, I mean, I, I know for the Scotch drinkers, you guys are finding kind of the thing that made it a little bit more bearable for me was that it wasn't there wasn't a lot there. Um, it wasn't super powerful in any place uh, at any point along the palate. Um, every. Maybe I got something different. Everybody else was saying that they, they built up a lot of saliva. My mouth felt dry when I was done. It almost, it almost, yeah, I, I don't know how to explain it. I just kind of felt like it, it dried me out a little bit on the, in the mouth. So, um, but yeah, not as bad as I thought it would be, but it's not, I can also see why it would need to be blended with some other stuff to make it the drink I really don't like. Oh man, I'm going to have to come in and disagree with you guys. Can I say something really quick? Go for it. The look on Travis's face when he drank it looked like somebody who smelled a shit that it was actually surprisingly not as bad as he thought it was going to (laughs) be. He is a parent, so he has had to change diapers. Yes. Many, many of them. familiar with that. Not not too bad. So so you're you're saying lean a little bit closer, you might smell like rose. (laughs) I was pleasantly surprised based off the, the smell to the taste. Yeah, I... Uh, this is Aaron. I think, uh, I actually think this is a, a nice, easy to drink scotch. It's definitely on the sweeter side, less less peat, less smoke. Um, I think it's just more trying to go for more of a subtle, like not not punch you in the face type thing. And you know, for some people that's really good. I actually have had Dalwini before. This is actually one of my dad's favorite scotches uh, because that because it's more subtle and because. It's not as punch you in the face, and because it's not as peaty. Uh, I, I think you just agreed with me, though. 
when I was saying it's minus all those. Well, I was disagreeing or, oh, mostly okay. with. Uh, I was like, your dislike. Je- yeah, Jeff oh. and Derek. I was gonna say then, the things that you just listed that aren't there as much as the reason that I didn't dislike yeah. it. And I also, but I also, <laughs> I am gonna disagree with you that I, it didn't leave me dry at all, like, and it didn't leave me with any extra saliva. I, it just had like a, I don't know, it sat in my mouth pretty nice. It just kind of even keel. So, well, I don't know. I don't know what you guys are all getting, but it was nice. Yeah, um, Michael, what what do you want to add into this? Um, so I tried it two different ways. Uh, the first time I really let it sit on my tongue and. That, while the nose on it is kind of uh, made me think of like Clorox wipes, they're disinfectant, but they're not actually bleached or something kind of like it. Um, the letting it open up on my tongue, I actually found rather enjoyable. It, it, I just let it sit there for like a solid 30 seconds. I went back and just took a slightly quicker sip to kind of refresh my palate, and I didn't feel like any of those nicer flavors came through at all when I uh, when I sipped it a little more quickly. Uh, definitely something to kind of let rest a bit, um, but not awful. Just, Worth noting. All right. Um, Brandy, you want to make any notes on this, or are you, are you good with it? Actually, I got a couple notes on this one. I really like this one, but for a different thing. I felt the first taste of it was kind of salty. And then, like, you hold it in your mouth, and it kind of gets, like, a heathery wheat taste to it. And then, however uh, I'm smelling Clorox disinfectants, I smell, like, moss. It's kind of, like, got that almost, like, basement smell to it. Huh. More moss. Less mold. No moss. Well, as Californians, we're all pretty good at knowing what basins smell like. <laughs> a lot of experience with that. Um. While I, anyone else want to throw in there on the uh, the Dalwini? Okay. So while we were making notes on the uh, the Dalwini and explaining it to you guys, we actually started passing around. Taliskers. Yeah, it's Taliskers ten year, which uh, is part two to this thing. Um, Talisker seems like it's to me the probably the most predominant flavor of a traditional Johnny Walker Blue. I think that's probably the biggest part of the blend. Probably, probably a because it's a ten year and it's probably gonna be easy for them to get a hold of. But for me, if you had handed me that and said, "Here, this is Johnny Walker Blue," I'd be like, "Oh, this is slightly smoother, a little less, a little less uh, excitement." But I could I could believe that it'd been like a, a blue that'd been open for too long, and I finally got a sip of it. Um, so anything you would you would uh, apply to the stereotypical flavor profile of the Johnny Walker Blue, that's Talisker, uh, in my opinion. Um, you guys want to chime in against that or with that? Very uh, much peatier than the previous one. Any kind of smoky flavor you get from Johnny Walker is probably probably that. Um, You'd like and, to think so, but we'll see what the third one. Yeah, brings. we haven't tried the third one yet, and. Me being, you know, usually a big fan of things with peat, um, that was the only real flavor I got was the peat, and as much as I like peat, it, it, it needs something to go with it for it to be a little more complex, for it to have something to do in your mouth, as opposed to just kind of feeling like I'm licking at a, licking at like a, a burnt piece of wood. I'm basically just gonna agree with that. I it, I feel it was sweet to Pete. We're we're on the Petey part sweet of it now. Pete. Yeah, and I I was looking for other notes. There wasn't. There was other stuff, but it's it's still pretty muted by comparison. Yeah, it was. Uh, I I feel like I can agree on all these things you guys are saying. It was like liquid smoke. Um, and to go back to the the dry mouth thing. I'm starting to just realize I'm probably just dehydrated more than anything, because that <laughs> one was the same t- 
too, and if nobody else is getting that, it's probably just because I haven't had a lot of water. Um, but uh, with with that one, it's it's that's what to me in my head what I just drank is what's like if so it just straight scotch. It's just the stereotypical flavor of scotch is what I got right there, and it's it's usually the stuff I don't really care for. So, um, but yeah, just straight smoke, and when I inhale really deep, I just it feels like I'm standing next to like a bonfire. Or taste like I'm standing next to a bonfire. Yeah. yeah, in addition to the taste, I mean like just the smell on the nose, like you can smell this thing before it's even coming close to your nose. It's just straight smoke. Yeah. Um I I, I agree with the whole idea of it being the stereotypical scotch. Because in my opinion, most people think of what it, what's a good Stereotypical blended scotch. Most people think Johnny Walker. Yeah. So, I, I think it's fair to say that. Monkey, you want to add, on, add in on that? Yeah, I'm not a not a big peat guy, and I, I tried getting my nose in there and getting something other than peat, and I couldn't. And then I tried tasting it and getting something other than peat, and I got peat with a lot of heat on the back end. Um, just definitely not up my alley of scotch. I'm not super into the heavily peated scotches and this one kind of overwhelmed me a bit okay um we're gonna hold off on randy we're finally getting a chance for uh our bartender steven to join us um you got that mike yeah that way you can just stand in and ride in and talk with us so we got through the the uh the private select you want to talk, talk to us a little about the, the flights that we're on just so we've got a little background information on them from your end yeah so let's see okay starting with uh the 1792. Let's see, sorry. That's okay. Actually, let's. I'll tell you a funny. I'll tell you a funny story about Garrison Brothers. Yeah. Um. So Mr. Garrison came in here about a year ago now, and talking about his first time we started selling uh, any of his product, and we just started getting it in Vegas not too long ago. Before that, he comes in and he tells us, long story short, how he spent about four million dollars on his first products before he even got to rip one barrel open. Cause they all, he's never, he's never uh, aged any barrels in Texas before. I think it's in high Texas where it's from. And he ended up, long story short, he, he had a key to, to his Rick house, threw the key in a lake. And when he came back, I think it was minimum, I think minimum of four to six years, he ended up uh, opening in the Rick house and every barrel was split open. He lost four million dollars right off the bat, without ever producing one, one barrel of of whiskey. So, his brother was a computer nerd. He was the whiskey nerd. He also they uh, they have a um, big farm. I think they do wheat. And uh, so he he was always into making it. Elmer T. Lee gave him his first pot still, which was pretty neat. Yeah. And that was uh, they they felt that they couldn't go back after that. You know so. We we're fortunate enough to have his products, and uh, they've been selling really well. Um, with this particular, uh, with this particular flight, um, we've probably sold of all the all the flights that we we serve. I would say this one ranks up there near the top, just because each barrel has been hand selected. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think of it? We uh, we had you know we were trying to com- uh, compare and contrast between them. We all found that we thought they were were above market to the, the, the normal comparison. We thought that the MGM, uh, a little less than the 1792, we thought that was actually pretty similar to, to the normal one. 
The Eagle Rare definitely seemed like it's got, um, you know, more of that fine oak that, that would be expected with someone selecting their barrel out uh, early. Um, very interesting to put it, put it together. Uh, I was, I was, for the longest time, I always thought, oh, they just put you know, MGM Select on it just to be like, eh, we just put our own name on it, kind of like Costco changes a, a serial number so they can right. sell it for their own. It is a different flavor than what you're going to go get out of BevMo or a Total Wine or whatever else. I'll tell you, um, and we actually post them on the walls here, but I went to uh, Woodford and Jack. We hand-selected the barrels. Uh, Woodford, I think we did nine barrels in the Rick House and chose four. And I'm telling you, I can't... They are so different. A single barrel can be so different depending on where it's at in the Rick House, et cetera, et cetera. Um, even the Master Taster... A uh, young lady has a chemistry degree and a, a psychology degree. Tells you what's in it, why, <laughs> why you like it. Uh, she's uh, fantastic. I forget her name off the top of my head. But um, I'll tell you, there's even some there that, that Woodford themselves would deny as a standard at some point. You know, they really take their time, especially when you go handpick these barrels. You're spending, you know, ten, twelve thousand dollars 12000 a barrel. You definitely, you know, you want the best of the best. And... Uh, so the lounge here, same thing with Jack, and we have about 15 um, select barrels. But I can honestly say, the only the only barrels, you know, out of the 15, I've probably seen like probably three or four that were hand picked from the distillery, and then had to be approved by MGM. So it's all legit. The whole process is is time laboring and and. Uh, a lot of the times, the trips out there take at least a week, you know, but you're going to get something in here that you won't get at a typical lip liquor store, you know? Yeah, and like I said, I for the longest time thought it was just marketing, but it's it's it's, it's the honest truth. Um, what What's your opinion on these three? I mean, obviously, the Garrison Brothers, that was that was like the most definitive flavor we had. We had a lot of that. Uh, we were almost talking this almost that balsa wood flavor. There's so much wood in it. Garrison, Garrison I think, has... I can remember, I believe it's up around 70% corn and 11% uh, wheat, something like that. Um, Maybe a little rye to cut I, it. You know, a little rye. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you, though. Over the years, I've been a big fan of Eagle Rare. And so I, I'm i kind of split. To me, to me, the Garrison Brothers and the Eagle Rares, uh, they're just different to me yeah. and I think it's based on I think a lot of whiskey drinking is based on mood too believe it or not you know like there's there's times when your palate hits it and there's times when you drink the same thing your palate's just not hitting um, and then your palate changes all the time anyways so um, yeah. I personally like uh, I like Garrison Brothers quite a bit Eagle Rare I find I drink I'll drink more at the house right you know that's what, that's what we're saying so, that's a but it's yeah it's a like I said, there's been so many great things that have come through this door that uh, <laughs> after a while you're just like <laughs> get get a little mind numb to it. Yeah. Um, I I was saying earlier that uh, you and I have had a couple discussions about you know the cool little kinky bottles you guys have back there, your little little one-offs that aren't pretty much anywhere else on this strip. Right. Um, and, and again, for a bar in the middle of a casino, open 24 hours. Don't think of it like a normal 24 hour bar that's just. You know, okay, play your slots. Here's your here's your free drink. Now you guys have some really cool little gems hidden back there, and worth taking a peek. Cause I know you guys revolve it so much, you can't even keep your uh, menus up to date. It just seems like you're always yeah, things. Yeah, between the allocation and between everything, uh, 
comes through and sometimes we get other bottles from our sister properties for this room we have a also another room in the back of the MGM called the mansion and those are our highest end whale players you know there's a lot of specialty bourbons that we get from them and for them um, and even like the the last uh, notable bottle we had um, not too long ago was 1974 Pappy bottled in 91 Wow um, we were charging a pretty penny and that didn't stop anybody it didn't stop any collector it didn't stop anybody from coming in here and, and at least experiencing it um, right now we have a cast strength Parker Heritage uh, we have the golden anniversary got a few nice ones but like you know to keep any of the whiskey on the shelf has been extremely difficult um, the whiskey rush is here I've been in this room before it was a whiskey bar for 16 plus years and I've never seen a whiskey uh, I've never seen a, a trend of alcohol or anything come like whiskey and it's I definitely believe it's here to stay with rooms like this um, they're popping up now a lot throughout the country um, a lot of different clientele than I've ever seen you know they went after the vodka drinkers and it's working you know there's a lot of great spirits out there that uh, you can you can mix and ease people in and they there's a lot of buyers I see it eight hours a day yeah. and uh, it, all budgets, you know, all areas of the world, far and wide, man. Uh, any of you guys want to ask him any questions on the uh, the first uh, the first tasting set of the bourbons? I think I think you did a fantastic job explaining through those. That's it's a way cool thing to that you guys are willing to set aside. Here's the selects. You guys, are, you know, you don't have to come and get the full, you know, full pour. Take a little bit of each and figure out, you know, see the difference. Yeah. Um, I think with that. You want to talk to us a little about the uh, the assembly here, the, this deconstructed Johnny Walker Blue. Yeah, um, to make it real short, it's it's basically the buildup of uh, the Johnny Blue line. Um, you have Island there with Highlands. Uh, it, it's it's a great concoction that most people aren't aware of with the Dalwini. Dalwini's fantastic on its own all day long, I think. Dalwini 15. Um, and... You know, again, you don't really start getting into it, I think, until you start drinking enough to where your palate starts tasting so much different, so many different things. And that was a great flight that we put together just to give you an experience, most people an experience of what what kind of the profiles are involved just to make, because Johnny, most people knew Johnny Walker Blue forever before this big whiskey rush. Right. You know, it's always been on the back bar as a moderately priced shot with a lot of prestige and a lot of history, you know? And um, so together we're just trying to put together something, you know, Talisker, um, Talisker 10, well, I, I believe, didn't Talisker Storm be up there with uh, Scotch of the Year? Yeah, I thought back? it was, yeah. You know, so having just that bloodline itself, you know, it hands itself to a great product. And yeah. collectively, it was pretty neat. We, we were in conjunction with uh, Southern Wine Spirits here, uh, distrib uh, distributor here in town for the Strip, and they recommended this idea, and it was fantastic. It's done really well here in the lounge, so. Um, I, not in only my position, I'm actually gonna throw you guys would be a cool suggestion, because you got a lot of people who really like the idea of deconstruction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have this as a flight, but then have an addendum to the flight where you can add a shot of Johnny Walker Blue so people can actually kind of pull that wine taste. Oh. 
Okay, I can definitely, definitely taste where the Talisker comes That's in. Great idea. Could work, definitely, you know? You know, at, at, you know pop another five, ten bucks on the on the flight and yeah. give them a little bit that they can smell between. I right. For me, I would just be like, okay, let me figure this mix out myself. <laughs> I think that'd be cool as hell. Yeah, it's a, you know what? There's so much, if you really put tons of time into to all this whiskey, you really see there's so many options, I think, more than ever. With, with all the regions and everything, all the profiles, you know, it's fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were literally just about to, to talk about the Caliella. That was the last one on this flight. Uh, right when you were able to come up here. I think Randy was about to finish with the Talisker, and then we were going to talk about the Caliella. Yeah. Um, way cool idea. I'm glad that they, they gave it to you, and I li- I'm glad you guys serve it here. Um, cool. Uh, you guys have any questions on this one? In which case, if not, we'll let you get back to the gig maybe start making up the cocktails we have later on i appreciate you guys coming in for sure yeah we appreciate your time steve thank you we'll catch you on the cocktails all right keep that drink drinking of the whiskey (laughs) yeah so uh you want to finish up with the talisker there ready so i mean i literally had like two things i only had about two things to say about the taliskers one i think you'd make a better barbecue sauce than jack daniels does (laughs) yeah fair and honestly it's a great little scotch it's just, it's barbecue for Wow. It kind of actually reminded me of another, you know, tenure that I love, which is Lafroig. But, uh, or Lafroig, I'm probably saying it wrong, but just not as complex, honestly. Um, I think we, I, I think it's all kind of true. Let's let's talk about that Kill, uh, Cal Illa, um, which Cal is generally known for their, their more PD forward scotches. I didn't think this one was PD. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> I actually thought the Talisker was a little more peat forward than the Calilla, personally, but um, I, I actually think that the Calilla stuff has um, more intrigue to it than the Talisker does. There's more things to find in it. Um, oh, you guys want to me- mention under that? Yeah. You can just ask Aaron to describe what he saw when I smelled it and tasted it. So. Oh man. Because <laughs> he broke into tears, like laughing. So. It so. Bjorn whiskey esque. So, so what you're saying is, is we need to have a Travis drinks scotch and Bjorn drinks whiskey show, yeah. And maybe that's what we call sweet to Pete. Sweet to Pete. To <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it was uh, hop on the sweet to Pete train because I'll have an IPA with it too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'll, uh, I'll 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 just go first, so then you guys can all say the right stuff after. <laughs> um, I, I honestly felt like this ramped up the way Aaron did with the first flight where it went from he said (laughs) technically worst worst to best I think it went the other way like I could have done the first of these three was my favorite where the last one was just it just kept getting peatier and and not more not what I like um, the way it was set up so I do like the progression the way it happened I just so you're saying you'd like some more yeah just Fire it up. Let's let's do my no. Don't even get that near me. I um I I feel like maybe it's because the one right before this was so peaty. This didn't really have much of a peat flavor to me at all, honestly. Um, but I thought it had a lot of interesting flavors, and the thing that hit me the most was it kind of had a a nutty flavor that made me think of like the cons in a way, kind of like a pecan esque. Um, it. I think I've liked this one the most so far out of the three. 
because <laughs> as Travis is shaking his head at my terrible taste, according to him now. my terrible taste. But, yeah, I thought it was the most complex, and I feel like I would drink that over Johnny Walker Blue. I'll just jump in saying that Derek's pretty spot on with the flavor profile there, and also that is uh, basically my favorite as well. Um, as a almost a recap of this thing so far, I, I think the only reason that I probably didn't like the Callister so much was in part the comparison to the Balvenie, um, and that I just happened to like drinks like the Balvenie a little bit more. I will say, as opposed to Derek, I've found the peatiness to be quite strong in this since I usually try to avoid peat in general. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, all the other flavors going on in it were fantastic, though. This is my favorite one out of the bunch for sure. I, I would have this by itself, no problem. We, um, Randy, the agent of chaos in, uh, on the corner while we're, while we're talking about this, decided to blend himself and see if putting all three together actually makes something that tastes like Johnny Walker Blue. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, just, just wait. Uh, let, let's finish up reviewing Calilla here. Um, any guys want to add into this? Yeah, yeah Michael, go ahead. Uh, so I'm not really much of a PD whiskey, guys. I keep saying over and over. Um, I actually found this one much more enjoyable. Um, uh, the peat was a lot milder, but it was still very present for me. Um, I just found it to be very complex. So even though I didn't like the peat flavor on it, I, I could spend some time exploring that and just kind of going into all those kind of oaky, smoky, nutty flavors kind of mixed in there. So I, I thought it was a really elegant scotch. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Randy, you want in on the catalog? I mean, again, I, I got that salty, oily, even spicy kind of flavoring out of it. And it was good. I liked it. I like I, I a good scotch. And it was quite simply good scotch. Okay. I want to point out how rarely it is that Jeff and I agree that, <laughs> that uh, agree on what is the best scotch out of a bunch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let, let's actually take some time here for our, our personal end. Let's you guys, you guys good with the reviewing the Kella? Let's move on to um, Randy's agent of chaos here. Yeah, I, I actually want to comment on this. Okay, um, go for it. The ratios, I'm sure, are so far off compared to what Johnny Walker Blue does so well, since it's their whole thing. Um, and yet, it's really good. Um, I was surprised how well just even a kind of an imperfect. Pouring of them might oh, <laughs> Why are you stealing my line? Now we have nothing to end the show on. Well, the show goes on. Good night, everybody. <laughs> so much for a cocktail. No, uh, go ahead. Yeah, Travis, why don't you why don't you talk well, about? By the this? way, Johnny, if you're listening, uh, Randy just nailed it. So we fig he figured out your secret in like two seconds. So Johnny, can you hear me? <laughs> it's gonna be so much so, cheaper now. <laughs> yeah. So just hire him. He's got a job coming up. Actually, in my opinion is... I'm okay with this idea. <laughs> I like Randy's blend better than I do blue. Same here. Oh, We're going to call this... Oh. <laughs> wow, shots fired. fired. Yeah, it, it's, it's actually a lot better. Uh, I'm going to have to actually disagree with all y'all <laughs> on that one. You can leave. Uh, while it, his blend was interesting and overall definitely still drinkable, uh, the, it is not as good as, as the blue, but I guess I'm looks like I'm in the minority here, maybe. I don't know. No, I, I'm, I completely agree. I enjoyed it. I don't have a good comparison on it, but I enjoyed it. Makes me think that uh, maybe at some point in time we might need to start blend our own just for shits and giggles. Again, I'm 100% down with this. Just call that episode Agents of Chaos. 
I don't have enough of a mustache to start blending whiskey, but I'll work on it. I already got the mustache. Let's do this. So, anything else you guys want to say about uh, either of these flights or Randy's, Randy's mastermind? Just that I apparently think that Johnny Walker is not equal to the sum of its parts and not in the way that you want to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, we, we've talked about it. I think Johnny Walker Red and Black are, are just fine for mixing, but I don't think I'm a fan of, of straight sipping any of them. Um, anything else you guys want to say? Actually, uh, yeah. yeah. Now, I'm actually almost thinking that I would love to have like a, a remixes flight of Johnny Walker where they try where they do blend them because I, I will say since I don't love most of these by themselves nearly as much as I like them together, I would love to see like a mostly Balvenie versus mostly Callister that type of thing just to see how those ratios would compare. Almost like there'd be different versions on it. By, by the way, it's Dal Winnie, not Balvini in this one. Two different, uh, two different Oops, distilleries. I kept hearing that completely wrong this entire time. Yeah, D. Yeah, with a D. Dal Winnie. Yeah, it's with a D with the weenie. Yeah. Um, I think with that, I think we're gonna get ourselves pausing ourselves, lined up for our cocktails here to review. Again, this is the Imperfect Pour at Whiskey Down at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Welcome back to the Imperfect Pour here at Whiskey Down at the MGM Grand. Um, we're now on to the signature cocktails here at Whiskey Down. The first one we're trying is the Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. That's right, they all love Tina Fey. Uh, that or they just think it's fun to play the, on the term because that of course spells WTF. For the elderly uh, listening, I don't want to say elderly, for the non-millennials, that's uh, an acronym for what the fuck. And uh, I mean, it goes for military too. I'm, I'm, I'm aware. Um, there should be one glass for that table, one glass for this table, and apparently they both migrated to the far table. Um, so, uh, you guys want to make some uh, some some uh, reviews here on this cocktail? Who's who's at it? That's uh, that's fantastic. It's um the, the, when you read the the ingredients earlier, Aaron's response was, "It's going to be sweet." It's actually not that. I thought it was going to be syrupy sweet almost. It is. That is amazing. That's a sit by the pool on a hot day, and or if you don't have a pool on the porch, kind of a drink. That's a that's a damn good drink. It's it, you get you get all those flavors. You get that honey really really jumps out. The yeah. pineapple's actually on the very back of it, which I thought was going to stand out way more. But honestly, I almost don't get any whiskey. It's not not that that's a bad thing. It's just everything's so balanced on that drink. It's good. Very kind of creamy. Yeah, yeah. So let me uh, let me go over the uh, the ingredients listed here. So it's uh, they're using Knob Creek single barrel. They're using some fresh lemon juice, some honey mango syrup, coconut cream, and then pineapple juice topped with the Angostura bur- uh, bitters. It makes Angostura. me want curry. I really I really want curry. No. It doesn't make no. me. Yeah, I, I really want curry after that, though, because there's a lot of ingredients no, in that that goes into curry. This is a nice, refreshing mango beverage. And the way I describe this is like a pineapple mojito, but with bourbon. Mm-hmm. And I really love me a good mojito. You don't say. And I'll be honest, this is like barbecued pineapple on a hot summer day. Oh. It's just delicious. I think I think it's somewhere in that uh, that mango honey syrup almost gives it that uh, that almost elderflower flavor um kind of a that that back end of a lychee in my opinion 
I get that. You get that? No one. It's it's totally a pinky out drink that you don't feel bad for. Yeah, it looks it for. looks like a pinky out yeah. drink. It needs an umbrella. I was gonna say I feel short at an umbrella, and that is not an ash- a shameful thing to say. No, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, anyone else want to say something on uh, on the on the whiskey tango here? Yeah, I just I really like the way the lemon and the pineapple come together to do they just kind of blend flavor wise. Personally, I kind of what I was noticing a lot. And I'm getting some pina colada flavors in there, but... I think it's that coconut cream. Yes, the coconut cream and the pineapple, and it's like pina coladas are normally like good for a minute and then just way too sweet and just kind of eh, if you're looking for Almost like that. Almost cloying. Yeah, cloying, yeah. you could say. Yeah. Um, but actually, like, this is the upgrade, and, you know, obviously making it with bourbon doesn't hurt. Jeff, you seem just alone on there. It's just... We've said it all, or you got some things on it you want to add in? Yeah, um, not a ton else that, that hasn't been said. I will definitely say that I appreciate the addition of the bitters. I think that is probably very specifically what's helping keep this one mellowed out um, and not becoming over the, uh, the bitters oh, that the they're throwing yeah. in there with it. Because, yeah. yeah, you definitely, I feel like if it was lacking that, I get a fairly big upfront bit of the mango and the honey, and if it were to lack the bitters or for some crazy reason you told them not to add it, I think this would be a very different and probably terrible drink by comparison, whereas it mellows the whole thing out and helps just balance it. It's not like I'm tasting the bitters, but it's making everything else kind of find a better place in the drink. Okay. I also want to say anything else about the uh, about the whiskey tango here. Uh, then we just want to kind of sip on it for a little bit and just be able to enjoy. I'm I mean, going to the pool after this. Well, you know, that's, that's the downside. The yeah, we're, we're here working. For you, I know it's it's a rough life for us to have to drink these drinks. For those listening, we're ha- we're it is our burden to bear. This is tough, man. Uh, Does that Did anybody not like that? Because I love that drink. Yeah, I, I could see. I think we're all on board. I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go out of my way, but if that was presented to me, I would absolutely drink that. I would probably come here and, and grab uh, something neat from there wall of amazement, and I'm sure we'll make sure we get some pictures of the uh, their whiskey wall. Um, and and I'd probably never get to a cocktail here, but if it was presented to me, I would sling it back and probably ask for a second. I um, actually to to break away from everybody there though, I like it. I don't think I could have more than one. It's a little um, it's, it's a little heavy, honestly, as far as the creaminess goes for me. To to keep drinking them all day, I think I'd start to feel like my mouth is getting a little sticky. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think um, I think it's a good time, unless someone else wants to add into the uh, um, into this beverage. We might need to take a little bit of water sip here before we uh, break into their signature cocktail here. This is what they have uh, framed themselves with, what they call whiskey in the jar. So when I when I hear that name, I go when I was going over Court and County Mountain. You know, maybe a, a little bit of uh, well, for the for the more new age, a little Metallica, um, for for those a little older, a little Thin Lizzy, for those even older, you know it as an Irish drinking song. Um, so to to I, I don't know if they're paying homage to the song or they just thought it sounded cool. It is definitely served in a mason jar looking uh, piece, uh, a glass. Um, you can definitely see the mint on top. There's some lemon on there. But let's actually read into the book about what's inside this. 
whiskey in the jar is a mint-infused Old Forester bourbon, fresh watermelon, lime juice, and ginger beer. Sounds interesting. I'm not sure Old Forester bourbon counts as uh, Irish whiskey, about an Irish song about Irish whiskey in a jar, but uh, I might bring that up to uh, their attention a little bit. Maybe I'm just too musically inclined or gonna be that guy but let's face it it's my job to be that guy um, what do you guys think about the uh, whiskey in the jar I, I didn't like it <laughs> it uh I don't like watermelon <laughs> and so having basically a, a watermelon uh, punch cocktail I guess tasted a little off to me um, yeah, that's, I think that's all you're going to get from me. Funny thing is, I love watermelon, and that's what I liked about it. I'm not a huge ginger beer guy. Uh, I wasn't a part of the ginger beer episode, so I didn't get to, to voice my opinion there. Um, I, I like, I definitely like the drink. The ginger beer is a bit off-putting for me. That's just me personally. It, it's probably perfect to somebody like ginger beer. It's just kind of tastes like a, a, more along the lines of a mule to me, like a bourbon mule with a little bit of watermelon, but. I'm definitely getting that. I mean, I, I think it's it's very, I don't get much mint. I'm definitely getting the uh, the watermelon and ginger beer forward. Um, I like the, I, I, I guess, you know, departing based off of name for the Old Forester, I think the bourbon uh, is a nice, a nice accent note instead of, you know, something a little more botanical-like an Irish whiskey. Um, anyone else want something else that they've, they've kind of hit on they'd like to say about this one? Here, any? With the ginger beer mixing with the watermelon, it really tastes just like iced tea to me. Like bubbly iced tea. It's not all bad. I don't particularly love iced tea. It's not like sweet tea, but it's, but it's, it's different. I think I want to give it, give it a little more justice than what I gave it. It, um... While I didn't like it, it was very refreshing, honestly. Like, it seemed like... I could see myself if I was offered, like, a picture like of that, if I was with somebody. I would probably enjoy drinking that on a hot day. If you come in, like, if you are if you come down here in Vegas and you come in from a hot day wandering the Strip and you, you walk by, decide to come on in and have some whiskey and you want something refreshing first, I'd recommend that to you if you like watermelon. And I think the... Uh, I didn't hear much of a mint flavor either, but the nice little touch with the uh, the mint garnish on it, the aroma of the mint as you bring it to your mouth to drink, is actually a pretty nice touch, honestly. I think they kind of paired that pretty well. Yeah, watermelon mint always seems to work really well. But you yeah. don't like watermelon. Yeah, I, I wish I liked the flavor more, because every once in a while I'll have a watermelon and I'll just think, oh, this is delicious. But most of the time I'm like, uh, it's kind of a bad melon. <laughs> yeah, the... This one's kind of interesting for me. I I, I get like a, it's a, definitely a watermelon taste, but it's kind of like the wa part of the watermelon that's closer to the rind, not the not the really juicy inner part uh, up front. But then, so that part was, uh, you know, a little underwhelming. But then on the back end, um, when you get some um, some of the rest of the flavor coming through, and you get kind of get to the whiskey part, uh, it does have a nice finish, and it does leave you feeling kind of refreshed. So I had kind of an interesting experience with this one. I I tend to be very olfactory, and I tend to taste things kind of through my own perspective of memories and things a lot. I'm a little bit synesthetic. 
and I got two very distinct things out of this. The first one is I remember very distinctly going to like barbecue places and a lot of times during the summer they'll have like some sort of watermelon sweet tea cocktail and this was very much like that on the back end but right up front I maybe it's because I was smelling it as I was coming to the dryer I got a just a blast of mint and then it just vanished for me every time I drank it a little bit of mint and then it was gone and it was like the beginning of a mojito with the back end of the watermelon sweet tea and they were just it was very divisive uh, dichotomous even to use an obnoxious word um, but that was kind of my experience I just it's a little um, perplexing so I almost want to add it on the uh, this whiskey in the jar uh, we'll just point out that I also happen to be someone who doesn't really enjoy watermelon in general too much, so I'm going to have trouble uh, commenting too much on it. I, I will say this much. I like that as far as these drinks that had kind of a lot of different things going on, each one kind of had its own focus. Um, the last one happened to be, at least for me, it felt much more mango and the honey, so that I got a lot of that syrup up front, which I, happened to be things I really, really enjoyed. This one happened to be more watermelon and mint and I typically hate mint when it's mixed with things and I typically hate watermelon so me this is almost a worst case cocktail for me personally um, I could see though where if a person really did like it because it was refreshing or wow refreshing how many have I had to drink um, there's a good blend of, of things in it where all nothing is jumping out in a bad way it they all complement each other very well so you are definitely getting at the heart of the watermelon flavor it just this is another one where the prominent flavor is when I happen to not enjoy. It's, um, I could see, again, this was another one of those drinks I think I could have one of. Um, this is, yeah, you, if I, I do a lot of work out in Vegas, and if I'm working outdoors in summer and I'm, I'm dying and I need something a little refreshing, after I grab my glass of water, I'll come in. I could see having one of these and be like, Okay, I'm, I'm better now, but I, I think uh, I think this one holds off. Um, I think that the I uh, just thought the the naming scheme was a little cute, um, uh, but man, I'm not I'm not so sure about uh, uh, someone who's a whiskey enthusiast being too excited about coming in and ordering this cocktail pretty regularly. However. If you are just someone who wants a cocktail, not someone who's going to be coming into a place to have neat alcohol, this balances fantastically. It is a nice blend of flavors. It is getting the job done, as you would expect, from a nicer bar here in Vegas. Um, it, so, again, maybe maybe not my, my cup of tea, but... Uh, I guess that's a bit of a pun because it kind of does have that iced tea flavor to it, um, but it is it is something interesting. Um, Randy, you want to say anything at all about this one? No, just shaking your head. You've 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 had enough of it. I mean, like I said, I, it tastes like iced tea. I don't particularly love iced tea. I mean, I love a good mojito, and this, I, like, you guys bring that mention to it. And I'm just like, I don't taste it. I actually found that uh, if I if I sip it from the jar and get my nose into the mint. It uh, it definitely changed the uh, that. <laughs> Randy poked himself in the eye with the straw as he went to drink from the jar. Yeah, that that, <laughs> that straw is no good. So now that you've. Uh, <laughs> 
Okay, it's good again. He licked it off. <laughs> so, so Randy, now that you've now that you've sipped it right from the glass, did it did it enhance that mint to you any? Not really. No. I'll be fully honest. Okay. I just it, it still has that watermelon, which I like watermelon. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. Aaron's grandmother makes an amazing watermelon lemonade like drink. It's awesome. But as as like a bourbon based drink, I don't think I'd do that again. Okay. Um, anything else you guys want to add in about uh, what we've had uh, on this uh, this tasting? I just actually have a weird no for it. It's because it's hard for me to comment on this one in part because of the whole like not liking watermelon thing. I actually do. I, I'm trying to imagine where if it had the a different predominant flavor, how I would like this one, and or or just maybe if I happen to like watermelon because I could actually see this being very drinkable. It felt very drinkable as I was having it, to the point where, if, if having had that, if someone else told me that they had drank like five of those and they got totally trashed, I wouldn't be surprised at all. It was very easy sipping for me. You could do that really, really well with like Blackberry. If that was, if yeah. Blackberry was the predominant Blackberry one in there, oh, everything yeah. else, that mix would be absolutely perfect for, for like, I love watermelon. I realize as I get older, it's kind of a divisive flavor. There are a lot of people that don't seem to like it. Like blackberry or huckleberry, like strawberry in there would be just amazing. I think too. even more, just a little, a little more bourbon for me actually would have made it a better, yeah. a stronger yeah. bourbon flavor would have made it a, a a better flavor for me personally. But still very refreshing. I, mean, I still enjoy it. If we're going with the whiskey in a jar theme, you either go redneck or you go the old Irish song. Mm -hmm. Either one. Watermelon probably isn't the predominant fruit you'd use to make a drink like that. Well, I mean, I, watermelon comes natively from Ireland, right? Absolutely. Watermelon yeah, is, yeah, the, totally. is the, that, that, the main the export, capital right? of watermelons. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, because it's so wet there. Right. Exactly. I mean, we've all heard about we've all heard about that watermelon famine, right? Yeah. Maybe we're getting a little too dark there. Um, I think um, honestly, if we were getting a little more botanical, I think an idea of something a little more. You know, blackberry and maybe Irish whiskey. Yeah. That might that might be a better named version. How to how to update this? Maybe we can make one of those on uh, an upcoming episode. Maybe we can. Maybe that'd be interesting. But Chaos is spinning in my head. I'll get ugly. I mean, Chris, what would we call that though? If we made our own version of the whiskey in the jar, we'd call it the imperfect whiskey in the jar. <laughs> the new yeah. whiskey in the jar. It'd be. It'd, I, I'm not sure. I think we would call it Irish whiskey in a jar. And we'll use scotch. <laughs> uh -huh. And we'll serve it in a martini glass. No, no, no. no we will get, we'll get the Sinnoh and use Please. tequila. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am rolling the, my eyes. We've made that mistake once. We don't need to make it again. My stomach is rolling. So I think it comes down to, um, obviously, this is just, you know, much like the Whiskey Tangle Foxtrot, doesn't really directly describe it. It's just a, a catchy name. Same thing goes with this because if I were to you know, coming in as a music fan and a classic rock fan and I saw Whiskey in the Jar and knowing the origins of that song and then see what it's made of, I'd be, I'd be a little upset. <laughs> I'm going to bet that they have had millions of people walk through this bar and nobody's called them on it. So, again, maybe I'm just that, that weird crosshatch of 
music slash whiskey fan to be able to, to call them out on what's wrong. That said, I don't think I can see them changing it. It's it's selling well for them, so good for it. I will say, um, if you are looking for a good place to grab a whiskey at any hour of the day, I I could easily see stepping into whiskey down. Uh, check out you know, especially if you're looking for something neat. Check out the wall. Talk to them. They're always knowledgeable what they've got in stock and what they think is good and what they they'll even be honest with what they think isn't worth the value. Uh, I know that they tend to keep things rotated regularly, as, as Steve was talking about earlier. Um, I come in here middle of the day, all, anytime, especially if there's nothing else really to do. If you find yourself listening to something in Vegas, it's a good place to stop in. Um, you guys want to say anything else about this uh, this bar itself? I really like the ambiance. I like the drinks overall. I think it's, it's really nice, and I, I really like a well-educated, passionate staff. Yeah. I, uh, it, it's a very classy place. You can tell they're passionate about whiskey. I mean, you, you can hear it in Stephen's voice as he was telling his stories about where the whiskey came from, um, working here in Las Vegas, and what they've sold to people, and uh, the whiskey rush, as people are calling it. It's, I really recommend this place. We've been here a few times before, and it seems like whenever we come here, we have a great time, relax. Um, the, it's, the furniture is actually very comfortable here. It, it's, it's so comfortable as, as Aaron just had an excited, angry moment. Yeah, man. You stole my line. I was just about to say, and the comfy couches. It, it, it's, it's very, it looks like, it looks like, uh, like a, classy, a classy person's study yeah. in here. The house Bjorn was watching. <laughs> this was like the library. Um, yeah. The, what's cool is, is around the rim, there's tables, and inside the tables are actually uh, touch displays that actually can run TV. So uh, I've actually spent Super Bowl here before. It's not a bad place to sit and relax. Um, other than, you know, someone who's found that crosshair of a hiccup in their naming, this place is fantastic. However, I'll have to tell them, though, putting bourbon in a drink that you're calling a whiskey in the jar, let's face it, that's an imperfect pour. With that, we'll talk to you guys next time. Take care.